Welcome, everybody, to Talking Elite. We have a very special show planned for you guys tonight. Uh, so tonight, we are going to be talking about a couple different things. But our first topic, before we get into the uh, the drama that's been circulating around with wrestling, we're going to be talking about um, how we became All Elite. What got us into All Elite Wrestling at the very start of when we started watching it or started seeing the content they were putting out even before the show even kicked off. So it's going to be a very fun episode. You guys in the comments, uh, make sure you guys leave your stories down below. Uh, tell us what your what match at the very start was your favorite, what segments, what clips from being the elite. Uh, tell us your story down below, and we'll have a, we'll have a reaction. We'll read um, your comments on air. So it's going to be a very interactive episode today. So before we get jumping into our conversation, let me introduce you to my tag team partners. He is the Bully Ray of the All Elite Zone. Welcome at this time. Please welcome the Beard and Wonder, Adam. Hello, yes. And Bully Ray is my twin brother. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, unfortunately, uh, Adam will be um, on site in his car right now. So, fortunately, he will not have his uh, picture, but he'll be here um, via phone. So, thanks, Adam, for joining us. And then yeah, uh, when Connor gets back, uh, we'll welcome our producer. He is the X-Pac, or the Spike Dudley, depending on how you want to go about it, of the All Elite Zone. That would be Connor. So, uh, and that, so that that makes me uh, Reverend Devon. So it's going to be a fun show tonight. Um, so while we're waiting for Connor, Adam, so what was your take on last night's episode? Did you have a chance to watch it yet? I watched it live with you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, duh. I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry. Um, it's been a, it was a slow day at work. So uh, what, after being you know, about 24 hours after the show, um, what is your uh, take and your um, – like what is your take after that show? Like now that everything's kind of settled down. Well, I, um, I, feel like, I feel like that might have been so far the best Dynamite so far that I've seen. Um, even though like we're fresh into the 2023, it's still probably the best dynamite show I've seen in a while. Um, from, from start, you know, it, it, as soon as the show started, you had, uh, Adam page versus Moxley right off the bat. Um, which I think was a good start to the show, but, um, definitely the highlight of the show, uh, spoiler alert, uh, Adam Cole, uh, and just having Adam Cole come back was just a highlight of that show last night. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, I feel like that was even though we didn't have Monet, um, a lot of people I know were upset about that. But to be honest with you, I'd rather have Adam Cole come back and to know that he is a hundred percent or close to being a hundred percent. I for one cannot wait to see what he does next in AEW. Um, is he going to feud with the Elite? Because he can always join up with the Kingdom with a, you know Mike Bennett and um, friend of the show Matt Taven. So there's a lot of things that could happen with um, having Adam Cole back. I'm so glad that he is healthy because a lot of people were so upset um, about you know him getting injured and being very concerned. You know, I have never heard aside me from CM Punk, I have not heard a pop that loud um, for somebody. So I, I'm so glad that he had a welcoming um, response coming back. Uh, of course, the Elite's uh, ladder match last night was killer with Death Triangle. I wish it could have been a few more minutes because I feel like it was a few more minutes they could have, you know, kind of stuck out the drama or, you know, sold a little bit more with their moves. But you know what? It was a really great show. You know, I feel 
like AEW has been on a roll lately, even though fans are still mad about Monet's, you know, stuff. I think the women did a great job last night. I thought that was actually one of my favorite matches on the card. Like everything last night um, hit almost on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so welcome back, Connor. Um, yes. Like, we're not shut off for a minute. Everything just went blank. You're good, man. We were, like I said, we were just, we were just talking about last night's show. So, all right. So, um, all elite zone, you know, we are of course all about all elite, you know, wrestling. We do talk about other topics, but we're mostly focused on AEW. Um, I know for me, when I got started with the company, I was a huge fan of the elite back in new Japan. I love their stuff on the Jericho cruise. And I think for me, kind of what started off where it's like, Oh shoot, you know, you had, um, you know, you had their for you know, their first pay-per-view that was, you know, with ring of honor. Um, that was an awesome like experience. I watched that one. Um, that one was a, that was kind of like the starting point for AEW and then to go into like the Jericho cruise and having, you know, having you know why was it why to jackson um with that whole start of it and then for me what really kind of before they you know had their pep rally was when the contracts expired with new japan and you knew something big was going to happen with uh you know with what was coming up for the elite so let me ask you guys this um we can start with adam um what what got you what was the first thing that you saw with AEW? uh well i'll be totally honest with you guys uh, much like one of my favorite uh, pro wrestling broadcasters, Dave LaGreca, uh, I am a huge, huge Cody Rhodes mark. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I love Cody Rhodes. Um, I thought, you know, out of a few gimmicks he had in, in WWE, I, I just I loved his style of wrestling. The, I mean, obviously the legacy of his name. Um, so when he left and, you know, did his touring of, you know, ring of honor, new Japan, you know, he did kind of like the independent scene. And then he came along and said, Hey, we're starting this new company called AEW. Um, I was hooked right away. I was like, Oh God, this is awesome. Um, unfortunately with, with TV, I didn't have cable when AEW launched. Um, so, um, I, I didn't really catch on a lot of it until maybe the first pay-per-view, um, I caught on, which uh, was double or nothing, and that was the debut of John Moxley. Um, and from there on out, I just I, I fell in love with it. You know, I left pro wrestling a while ago just because the other product wasn't doing it for me anymore. And then AEW comes along, and you know, I, I kind of I kind of saw it, and I was like, okay, this is a really cool promotion. And then obviously, COVID hit, uh, and we didn't know how long that was going to last. You know, but they were still doing they were still doing it not in front of a live crowd, but still they were still able to tell some stories, and and, and I thought that was just a genius. So, um, yeah, that was kind of my introduction was to AEW. You know, uh, just real quick before I, I turn over to Connor with his first moments um, during that COVID time, I have to admit, I, I even though they only had like a few wrestlers as like the crowd or those first few shows when there was nobody there, I still felt like the wrestlers, uh, especially uh, Moxley and Hager with that uh, street fight throughout the arena that they did, um, I feel like they found a good way to keep up the energy, even though it was you know on their reports really hard to do without having that clap and that crowd participation but you know on the other side for people at home like myself uh, my fiance because i just got her in wrestling at that time you know it was such a fun moment because 
we would make noise at home. And I'm not, I've been a lot of uh, other wrestling fans with me on that, where we still made the, you know, we made the most of it. You know, it was still a great time in AEW, and it sucks that there was no crowd to see some of the best moments in AEW wrestling. So, yeah, like that was definitely a really cool, interesting turning point for AEW, where I still think they have decent momentum going with that. Um, so, Connor, what about you? What was, um, like, what was your first moment or moments with AEW? Like, what got you hooked? Well, it's gonna be uh, we're gonna be here a while. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, twenty eighteen. Uh, I said that after WrestleMania, what was WrestleMania with Triple H and Seth Rollins? Uh, was it 33? Yeah, I think it was thirty. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, I believe that was the last good WrestleMania. Um, I feel like WWE was going in a good direction. They had the bring they bring back the brand split, and I feel like after that WrestleMania, things went crazy, and uh, I couldn't get into it anymore. Uh, I debated getting out of wrestling again for the second time in a row, as I did in 2011. Uh, I tried to get into Impact a little bit, but uh, that kind of fizzled out. And then I believe it was October 2018. When the rumors were going out, you know, Kenny, the Bucks, and Cody Rhodes' contracts are all expiring. Are they going to resign with New Japan? Are they going to WWE? They're going to stay with Ring of Honor. Like, what are they going to do? Uh, and no one caught this on, but I, I tagged Cody and the Bucks and Kenny about this. And I said, if you guys start your own wrestling promotion, it should be called All In Wrestling. No <laughs> one noticed. No one noticed about it because, like, no one was predicting that they would start their own promotion. Like. I think Cody and Nick Jackson liked it. Um, so I was, and then like there were rumors at first, I believe it was Shad Khan, Tony, uh, Shad Khan, Jericho, and Jim Ross starting on wrestling promotion. Uh, but it was actually Tony Khan and uh, all that. Um, so then the rumors were going around. And I believe BTE to BTE January 1st, 2019 at midnight. I stood up for BTE and watched what they were going to do. Ever since then, uh, that night I've been a fan. Ever since, and I haven't looked back. Of course, there's been a lot of bumps in the road uh, with um, an AEW here recently and no uh, drama and stuff. Uh, but I haven't looked back. Uh, not like I did on WWE, where like I was considered no longer being a wrestling fan. Like I could care less about wrestling anymore. Um, AEW still has that specialness to it because even though some things are um, questionable, it's still better than what WWE is doing. Um, should I continue? Uh, I don't, I don't want to take too much spot. Too much no, 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 like, no, you're good. Like, um, no, you're like, you're good. Um, like I said, I know I was, I was very similar Um problem like with with WB with you um you like it was right after when they made cody stardust um and it just got a little yeah. wacky with that like i said i was a huge i was a huge cody fan i'm still a huge cody fan um but it was just hard to see one of the best talents on that roster become i, I loved i love gold dust but when you have the stardust thing and they could have made something special with it but they just completely just made him so goofy and then having, you know, Brock Lesnar, you know, your champion only show up to wrestle, you know, four times a year and rarely be on Raw. At least MJF, you know, is on TV. 
you know, I mean, he not be wrestling, you know, every week or, you know, once a month, but, you know, you at least have a champion that's there. And I think that's kind of where, that's like, where a lot thing. of my issues became. That's the one thing with WWE. It seems like they always have a champion that's never there. They did it with Brock Lesnar. They did it with Goldberg. They're, now they're doing it for Roman Reigns again. It seems like always their world champion is a part-time champion. Then when they finally get it off of them, they do bad booking with it too. And then they'll bring in someone like, I don't know, Brock Lesnar, who will have it for 500 days, and we won't see yeah. him. And we, we might see him one time, and he might defend the title at, what was it, Great Balls of Fire. And we don't see him again until SummerSlam. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel I feel like that was that was their MO in WWE is they, they fall back on those guys because they are that brand name. They are those names. They're like, okay, our product's failing. Let's put the title back on these part timers because they are the, they, they have that name to them. Um, and 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 like Connor, that was the way I felt too. I I just couldn't watch the product anymore because you kept falling back on the same people holding that title instead of building these new stars. You know, you look back at the Attitude Era. You had stars like The Rock like uh, Stone Cold, like Triple H, like The Undertaker, all these guys, Kurt Angle, that got built on the Attitude Era, that ba- basically, like, just that build themselves. And, you know, nowadays, you, you don't get that. You fall back to what you know, uh, which are, you know, the Roman Reigns, the John Cena's, the Brock Lesnar's. And so that kind of steered me away from WWE for a while. You know, I think one thing that's, that kind of made me a little irritated, too, with WWE, and that's why, like, I, I love the... And that's like right towards the end because I fell in love with AJ Styles. Like AJ Styles, you know Shinsuke, um, where it was it was a different type of wrestling. And I think it almost reminded me even like when CM Punk was like when he was there, like he was one of the ones that got me into wrestling. I'll, I'll admit that like out front. And he had a di- different style than John Cena and guys like you know guys like Roman Reigns. Now you know he was he was different, and he kind of got me thinking like okay, I heard AJ Styles like. He was in Bullet Club, and then like okay, so I did a little research, and then when Cody went to you know New Japan, that's when I started watching a lot more of the independent stuff. I want I I went on like an independent binge for like months, just watching almost every match of Cody's, the Bucks, and I was just like, whoa, there is another world because I've heard of Impact Wrestling, but there was a, there's another world outside of the WWE bubble, and I think when as AEW when they capitalized on fans like us. I'll admit that like they're like I said, they're more for the hardcore audience and the casual, you know, the casual fans. And I think for us, like I could gravitate towards like a, you know, an independent star and have a more like a more like one-on-one approach or like a more one-on-one connection than really uh, than some of the wrestlers in WWE. Like, I feel like they're, they're more for the fans, even with guys in AEW, you know, they're at least liking most of our stuff that we're, you know, we're tweeting out, you know, they're, they're commenting, they're, you know, they're, they're retweeting, they're, they're having more of a connection. And that's kind of why I started drifting away from WWE and started going to the independent scene and then going into with AEW. And like, I remember like watching, you know, the first match, you know, I had no idea who, you know, Kip Sabian or Sammy Guevara was. Right. I had no idea who these two were. I saw Sammy on, you know, the the the, the last you know press conference before their pay-per-view. I'm like, okay, let me see what these two kids have got. And you know, I wish I could have watched it 
on a better eyes and know what I know now about these two athletes. I thought it was a really great match. and It was a very independent work, but to see how far those two have came, especially Guevara um, since, and even Kip, I got even throw Kip in there. He has one of the best wrestling characters um, going on right now. I hope they use him more, but going back and watching that first match of an AEW pay-per-view and just being blown away by two guys that busted their ass on the independent scene. I was blown away. Um, I don't know about you guys, but um, that was like one of my first like impressions, at least when it came to what we were getting in store for AEW and then how that evolved to where, you know, there's been some hair misses like Connor said, but where now it feels like there's so there's so much that's improved on with the company. You know, of course, their visuals have gotten better, uh, but they still have that main core where they have great long-term storytelling. Some of it may not be the best, but we have a lot of good storytelling mixed with a lot of the independent style that I fell in love with. Yeah, and I totally agree. And and actually going back, like I was m- familiar with Sammy back when he was in Lucha Underground. That's where I first discovered Sammy Guevara. And and his style kind of fit that Lucha Underground. And so when I saw that he was part of AEW, I go, this he's gonna fit in very well with this promotion, especially if they keep that, you know, that style of old school res- of pro wrestling with the lucha libre and the high flying and and just all these these styles of pro wrestling combining and um, I and I totally agree with you. I I mean, you you got the independent wrestling on a big stage now. Yeah, like it's it's crazy to see. Like especially, I, I feel like even though yes, our numbers have been down from where we first started, and we almost cracked a mill, you know, last night. But I still feel like the product is like at least we still have a good growing fan base. And like I said, with AW, yes, you know, it's not as big as Monday Night Raw is, and I know they've been going on for years. But the thing is, it doesn't take in consideration, you know, the guys that have to DVR it. You know, I bet a lot of people are still watching it, but we just don't see those numbers. And to have people come up to me, like, where I work, I just use this as an example. I have people coming up to me talking about these new wrestlers, like, hey, have you heard of this guy? Heard of this guy? Um, have you heard of Jade? You know, and it's just stuff like that. There's still a lot of good progression AEW is doing. Um I still, like I said, I still have a lot of fun with it. Um, Connor, what was that? Like, what was your first, um, what was your first match or what was one of your first matches that just took your, your breath away when you uh, sat down and watched it and got you hooked as soon as, as soon as you started watching that first, you know, that first match. Um, I don't know if the road twos count, the double or nothing road two. Those are perfectly done. Like the way that Kip Sabian, the Sammy, the Darby, the Jungle Boy, to they put everyone up just by little road twos, uh, to double or nothing. Uh, and I knew once I seen Kip Sabian, I knew he was going to be a big star in AEW. And uh, I think the first match at Double or Nothing 2019 was the Casino Battle Royal, and I never seen anything like that. <laughs> I never seen a Battle Royal like that. Uh, a lot of the guys that were in that aren't even in AEW right now, like Tommy Dreamer, Glacier, uh, AC Romero, Dustin Thomas, uh, a few others. But uh, he had a huge lineup for that. that yeah. yeah, and then I remember uh, Luchasaurus choke slamming George and Ella at a table. Uh, <laughs> was it uh, a stapler? Uh, always weapons. There's something new. Is a is a fresh. Not the same old, same old, just not a candlestick, a chair. Yeah, like <laughs> it, it, it just got old. Uh, 
But the first time of AEW definitely uh, they proved that point uh, with Moxley's debut. Uh, was it Austin Kong was there? <laughs> I think in the <laughs> women's match. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'll probably say uh, Kip Sabian and Sammy really. It was the first singles match uh, that really it, it really sh- showed that we were in store for something very better and different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of my favorite stories ever told in wrestling, and it's crazy that this buildup only had two videos, and that was between uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. Like, just the two, you know, just the two, you know, vignettes they filmed just how like you know they're two different generations and having like that story be told where oh my gosh i gotta buy this pay-per-view gotta buy it now because i gotta see two brothers that almost kind of mirror my, my relationship with my little brother at that, at that time where it kind of felt like we were separating with especially that's how what dustin was was expressing and cody was expressing and uh, when that match just built up when cody came out you know he broke you know the throne, which I think is ironic now because look where he's at. But when he came out and broke the throne, like he was, you know, he this was a, the next generation. This time is now. And then having, you know, Dustin Rhodes come out, somebody that's been in WCW, WWE, TNA, like he to have a legend like that come out and have that crowd response. And then having that story be told in the match where, you know, it was bloody. There was, it was just like they were trying to outdo each other. I have never had a match make me cry. That match, just because, like I said, it just hit so close to home with the story that they told in that ring. And have, you know, Dustin be taken more seriously. You know, that was something that I wish WWE would have done um, when they were doing, you know, Cody and Dustin, when they, were, when they were, you know, as a tag team before the whole Stardust thing. And to actually see, you know, their projection of what could have been. And to see it on, you know, one of the best, in my opinion, it's still one of the best AEW pay-per-views out there. And to have, you know, that moment, that match. I even had a great conversation when I met Cody Rhodes um, right before he went to WWE. And I told him what that match meant to me. It was just, it was just so unreal and how emotional he gets still talking about that match to this day. So, like, for me, that was, like, one of the best build-ups that you had in wrestling at that time. It's still probably one of the top three that's been in AEW besides the Kenny and Hangman spot or, you know, or with, you know, Young Bucks and FTR. Like, it was it was one – it still holds up to this day. You can go back and watch it, and it's, I think it's going to be one of those matches. It's going to be timeless. And I can't wait for people to go back in 10, 15, 20 years – and watch that match. Yep. I think uh, that's the one match Jim Ross really got into. Uh, I think when the A Day first started, he really got into it. Like he made that, that he made that like I think uh, Earl Hebner was the referee and Jim <laughs> Ross was the commentator. He just made it so much more special. Uh, and Jim Ross going off. Uh, <laughs> what, what did he say? Uh, what kind of family is this, for Christ's sake? <laughs> right. Like, my God, it just adds like that more emotion to it. Uh, in the blood, like there's a brush of fresh air. Like, I haven't, I, I didn't see that much blood in, I don't know, years because WWE is afraid to bleed. Uh, and like that was a that match was a breath of fresh air, uh, for an alternative of to WWE. 
Yeah, it was definitely a very special moment. Um, Adam, for you, what what about you? Like, what was a match that? What's another match that stood out to you? Like with those first uh, few moments of AEW. Uh, I mean, definitely the the main event to crown the inaugural AEW World Champion. Um, I, I mean, I, I, if I think back correctly, my mind's my my head's all over. That was uh, Jericho and um, Omega. Correct. That was the main event. Um, and it, because it was the same night that Moxley debuted, um, I, I mean, just having those two guys who not only, you know, paved the way for, for their generation. Uh, I mean, look at someone like Chris Jericho, who's constantly reinventing himself year after year after year. And then you got someone like Kenny Omega who made a name for himself in new Japan and, and just gained that no notoriety as, as one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, in, in this generation, I mean, hell, they even told their story over there. Um, those two had a, had a, had a story over in New Japan, and just having them coming over to American television and telling that story for the inaugural AEW Championship. And, and to this day, I still think they made the right choice by by putting that title on Chris Jericho because he is a generational wrestler. I mean, the guy's been around for so long since then. I, I mean, he, I mean, he's even been around longer than possibly Kenny Omega. And like just having those two guys represent their generational uh, group of, uh, of professional wrestlers in that main event for the inaugural title. Uh, just, just to me, I knew I was like, this, this is the catalyst. This, this is what AEW is going to be. This is going to be big time pro wrestling stars, you know, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of good, uh, 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 the roster of guys that came independently that know how to put on performances. Um, I, I mean, and, and just the announced team, just seeing the whole team come together and, and just the end of that pay-per-view of seeing Moxley standing on the, on the chips. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Yeah. This, this is for real. So, I mean, that main event though, I mean, those two guys putting, putting on a show of, you know, just back and forth, near falls, all this stuff. And, and it just, it was just a great, great main event for the first pay-per-view. Um, so, I mean, from that, and then also going back to the Cody Dustin match, uh, you know, that match was emotional, but damn it, the emotional post match, you know, when Cody asks him, I, I want to wrestle the young bucks, but I, I need my brother. Like, it's just right there. Just a tear from my eye i'm like dude that is just raw emotion right there so i i mean between those two matches those definitely were the two standouts for me that really caught my eye with aew you know like it was just one of those nights that you know we didn't know um we heard rumors that you know dean ambrose you know john moxley um was going to be you know, he, you know, he was going to be, you know, debuting for AEW. And a lot of us, you know, I didn't know who he was outside of the WWE. I watched maybe a couple, like, you know, specials on him, watched a couple, like, videos aside from on YouTube to see where he came from. But, you know, that time, he was at really that one of those first big names that jumped over from WWE to AEW. And especially following that, that you know, that podcast right after he did with Jericho and explaining his frustrations to, you know, him becoming one of the best world champions and having probably one of the best, you know, he's had probably the best storylines and most consistently booked, you know, AEW wrestlers 
you know, on that roster today, you know, he's still happy, still putting on those great matches. Yes. You know, he's bleeding a little bit more than he probably should. And Renee's probably going to kill him, but you know, he's that, that night I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is actually happening. Like, this is for real. It's not a work in WWE. Like everybody was saying was going to be a work because apparently everything in wrestling is a work, but to have him come up, you know, you know, do, you know, the death rider, you know, on top of, you know, the poker chips to Kenny Omega, you know, that was just, it was very special and a great way to, you know, close off the show, you know, and lead into, you know, Fire Fest and then lead into your actual, you know, episodic TV. And then have that feud with Kenny Omega where, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, went through that glass table, you know, on the first episode of Dynamite, you know, to see stuff like that, you know, it was just eye opening and it was a fresh air. And, you know, you have the whole story with, you know, Hangman and, uh, you know, Jericho, you know, when you had, when you had that, you know, for the first era AW championship and then having, you know, having that, just that great build and everybody wanted Hangman, but then that started that two year storytelling of him leaving the elite, you know, winning, you know, him and Kenny winning the tag titles, Kenny, you know, Kenny and Hangman splitting up and then having this great story of him finally winning that championship. And, you know, yeah, his reign wasn't the best, but when I look back, Hangman, you know, he was, he's one of the ones that had probably the best long-term, you know, term storytelling in modern day wrestling. No, and I agree. And, and like I said, yeah, I gotta go back because that was my bad. It was, it was Hangman and Chris Jericho. I, I could have sworn it was Kenny Omega. I don't know. Kenny Omega is yeah. just all over the place in AEW. So I'm just like. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yeah, I thought it was Omega because I mean, he's just everywhere on that on that product. I mean, um, so yeah, no, definitely, and like, and, and yeah, that storyline, that two year build for Hangman. I mean, having that moment of uh, finally dethroning um, Omega and winning that title after the story they had, um, you know, and like you said, it wasn't the best reign, but I mean, he still put on some phenomenal, you know, matches against some some good competitors, you know, his, his match against Dante Martin on dynamite was, was a hell of a match. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that man. Um, I mean, even his feud with uh, Adam Cole, I enjoyed that feud. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just, you know, you just get so emotionally attached to, to these storylines and you just want to see it go up and up and get better and better every week with the product. Yeah, like it ever. Like I still feel like you know that first couple of years, like I feel like everything was every episode was nine out of ten, ten out of ten. You know, of course, you know every once in a while you're gonna run into times like now where you know even WWE, you know ECW, WCW have their lows like this. You know, and I think AEW will get out of that. Um, Connor, um, going back, um, what was your like? What was your um, emotions and your excitement for that first match um, with Cody and Sammy Guevara. Oh, uh, that was the first Dynamite. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know what to expect because uh, everyone started saying that their, you know, their shows before TV was going to be very different from their TV matches. It wasn't different at all. It was just even better. Uh, they put on a heck of a match. I actually thought Sammy was going to win that match for a minute. Uh, and then at the uh, very, like they shook hands after the match. And then at the end of the show, uh, Sammy comes out and, low and kicks Cody down low. <laughs> uh, and then we got the inner circle thing. Uh, but 
I didn't know what to expect with Sammy and Cody because uh, Sammy had only had about maybe one or two matches of singles. Uh, as Adam said, I knew uh, Sammy from Triple uh, A and Lucha Underground uh, before AEW in his uh, vlogs uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, that first match was Sammy and Cody, and they like to this day they carried over other good matches. Their latter match at Beach Break, their uh, it was on Rampage when Cody beat Sammy. Uh, they put on so many good matches together, Cody and Sammy. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a very great match with Sammy and Cody. All the matches, all the matches that they've had in AEW, and that first one really, really topped it off with all the ones that they, uh, all the next that they had. Yeah, it was I, that was. I remember that whole night. It was just such a fun show. Um, one of my favorite moments, and I'm gonna get to Adam here in a second. Uh, but one of my other favorite moments was the upset, and this one I was I'm still surprised with. And I wish they would do more with these guys. Uh, but Private Party, when the Young Bucks beat Private Party in that tag, you know, yeah. that tag tournament, I was so shocked on that because you know you had the Young Bucks, you know, at that time they were red hot still, and everybody wanted them to be the first, you know, tag champions. But I can kind of see where they're going because you know, with them being you know, you know, the EVPs of AEW, you know, they don't want to have the titles right away. You know, they want to let some you know fresh blood have it. And for me, like just watching that you know that match, I was I you know I've never seen a private party you know at all. I was just blown away by you know their performance in that match. And I still feel like they could bring that fire back to where, you know, to where they were. And I thought they would be one of the ones that we'd be talking about today as, you know, either AEW, you know, tag champions or would be, you know, talking about banger after banger matches. But it feels like, you know, they've been a little stale since, you know, that match. And, 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 I, and since, you know, since then, it just doesn't feel like everything with the Andrade family office, the Hardy family office, um, they kind of disappeared a little bit before, you know, they were all mostly on dark and dark elevation. And that to me, that was kind of one of the things that I still am upset about because I feel like these two guys still have something that they could offer. They have one of the coolest, you know, tag team finishes was, with that silly string. I think it was during the pandemic when they kind of changed them and they changed their theme music. Uh, yeah. The first theme song was perfectly fine. And they go to this something. That shots. Shots, shots, shots. They were changed, um, which before the pandemic, they were red hot. Uh, What was the match? Was that Bash at the Beach? It was, um, oh, man. 2020, I believe it was the Young Bucks, Santana Ortiz, Private Party, and SCU for the tag titles. I thought Private Party was going to win that. Uh, Private Party put on a lot of good matches in 2019 and 2020 before the pandemic. Uh, them against the Lucha Bros. Uh, they put on a lot of good matches. Then when the pandemic happened, they weren't able to use them much. Then when they came back, they kind of changed them. Then the Acclaim came in. It looks like they took their spot. Uh, in some sense, like they replaced them in yeah. that type of spot, which it felt like. Uh, I'd say Top Flight and uh, the Acclaim, like they took a lot of tag team spot that would have already been champions. If the, pan- if the pandemic never would have happened, I don't think they would have gotten signed. A lot of people wouldn't have gotten signed. Uh, like Sean Dean... Uh, a lot of people wouldn't have gotten signed, but uh, Eddie Kingston, yeah, I think some would have still gotten signed. Like Matt Hardy, Brody Lee, uh, Miro, yeah. 
thanks some thank Ethan Page and a few others. Uh, uh, Ricky Starks probably would have still gotten signed. Um, but yeah, I like this comment. Uh, I missed the OG private party. Yeah, yes, I want the I, I want the original private party back. Uh, where like they would have the uh, was it the VIP thing? Then they would. Yeah, uh, that was like the VIP uh, rope and the yeah, the and, bouncer. And it's a, it, like it's a private party. You no, know, it's it's private. private party. Let's get it started. It's a private party. And now we're dude. Back, that uh, song was so torn up. Like I I loved it. Like I could I, I wish. If they only would have came along like ten more years earlier, they would have been like a huge hit. <laughs> and now we're back to Hardy Party. Uh, Hardy Party. Because right now it, it is pretty entertaining. Right now, uh, I think Mark Quinn's injured again. Um, yeah, but he he's had he's had a lot of back issues. Um, but uh, but with on Dark Elevation, if anyone hasn't watched Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, and Isaiah Cassidy. <laughs> Oh my god! It's probably my favorite. Like, I wish they would bring that to like actual like dynamite or rampage. Yeah, like that. Like, cause I was there. Like, um, winter is coming. When they you know filmed the elevation before that, and here Ethan Page in the middle of match, just 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 talking and just being just an obnoxious prick on the mic was just like it's one of my favorite acts. I wish they would definitely. Um, I wish they would. I wish they would. Um, I wish they would bring it to Dynamite because I feel like it would be over, and I feel like people. It would. I feel like people would enjoy it even more. Yeah, like this story has been mainly on dark, and they've like this has been a very good feud for it to not be on TV. I would maybe take a Jericho or two segments out and put that in the Dynamite. It's a very good story. Maybe put it on Rampage. Uh, yeah. That's why you got two shows to focus more on. But uh, <laughs> this story, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but. I think Matt Hardy has something in mind because that backstage promo, he started, he all of a sudden he started to agree with Ethan Page. And then he, and then like he winked into the camera. Uh, I don't know what he's got planned, but it's not going to end well for Ethan Page. Uh, I, feel I don't like know if gonna probably do a buy in or zero hour match at Revolu uh, uh, Revolution. I think that's going to lead into um, something on the main roster see. or Dynamite and have like broken Matt Hardy come back. Like I want to see the broken party, kind of like a new uh, like Matt Hardy's gang Willow, and, yeah. and then the Hardys are and the Hardys yeah. are a uh, private party. The brood, uh, <laughs> the broken party would be pretty good because uh, not normal dude. That's back. legit. I like that. Like yeah. you should trade. The, or actually, you should trademark that because Tony might need that. But I yeah. think I think you need to email uh, Mr. Tony Khan there and uh, you know tell him this great idea because. Broken party. I think that'd bring private party. I feel like that'd give them more characteristic. I feel like I that think, was something that they've kind of lacked in a I little bit. Hardy, is that character? Hardy. I think Denther would be good, great trios champions. Uh, and mm -hmm. I want to see Matt Hardy hold some type of goal before he retires in AEW. I don't. I don't care if it's just like I know him and Jeff was probably going to win those tag titles, uh, which I'm kind of glad they didn't because if they did wrestle that match, Jeff Hardy may be in a wheelchair right now. Uh, yeah, probably. But I want. I want Jeff Hardy to hold some type of golden AEW because he's really from what was it full gear or all out him? What yeah. was it? He 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 fell off that thing and he. I don't think he's been the same ever since then. I don't think he's truly recovered from that. Uh, but Matt Hardy's entire career has put it all all out in the line. Um, only just one comment. Uh, the Coog. Uh, oh really? I was here live the last Coog night. 97. Crowd was so cool. Could not hear myself think. AW is so surreal. Just fans of wrestling, Lucha, uh, having a ball. That was great. Uh, 
Yeah, last night so, was a great show. I, I, it, like, it was probably even better, like, being there at the show last night. So, if correct me if I'm wrong, but if and nobody knows, the Coog uh, joined us, I don't know if it was last week or the week before. He's the guy who uh, knows everything about the old school territories <laughs> and everything. The guy has yes. so much good knowledge of professional wrestling. Um, and, and I... Coog, thank you for joining us, man. I, 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 you know, you, your take on professional wrestling, it just, it, it really makes me feel good. I'm just like, man, someone that knows old school wrestling, you know, from the territory days. <laughs> yeah, man, it's always a pleasure. And then um, go up to Mike. Oh, sorry, come on, Sam. They're like their Sunday church service listening to our ceremony. going so loud. The world sucker. Uh, that's common of the night right there. Yes, uh, that is great. Funny. That's a good I like that. <laughs> like I yeah. said, Coog, it's uh, it's always good to have you, man. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, go up. There's a comment I want to touch on real quick. Um, that um, that Mike posted about. Um, and I want I'm going to ask this to you guys as well, and hopefully you can give us an answer. Um, but uh, Mike asked, "Do you know who originally was supposed to debut on the first episode of Dynamite?" Um, I do. Was it supposed to be Marty Scroll? No. Or who was it, it supposed was to be? It was, was going to be something. If it happened, it was going to be a deal, the Elite versus Bullet Club. Uh, it was supposed to be AJ Styles and Gals and Anderson. What? Uh, no way. But AJ, AJ decided to sign back, and Gals and Anderson signed it back, and it didn't happen. Uh, but even uh, AJ said it, it, it. That was supposed to be the. That's who they were going to go with. Uh, AJ and Gals and Anderson. Uh, Attacking the elite, then they changed it up and uh, inner circle. They because in the uh, like inner circle, the Lucha Bros were originally going to be in the inner circle. Uh, Santana Ortiz wasn't going to be in it. It was going to yeah. be Jericho Lucha, Lucha Bros. Bros. I'd have been a turn of events, but I believe I think it was AJ Styles and Gallows Manis. So that's who it was going to be, uh, and they were going to attack, and, and they were going to cause Kenny and the Bucks to match, and they was going to and they're they're. Those two are going to be the ones having that brawl. Uh, what if? What if that happens? I know. Let, that's crazy I mean, to think that. Yeah, I mean, the Bullet Club versus the Elite, I mean, definitely would have been a just just explosive match on the first Dynamite. I could be wrong, like, but I think yeah. that was it, because AJ Styles even talked about that, that that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. If you're still um, if you're still on here, uh, Mike, uh, leave a comment below if you're correct, because that that would have been a huge game changer. Well, AEW has been a huge game changer already, but to have Styles and Gals and Anderson, I'm glad we still got them for that brief like little time. That was like the only good thing of partnering with Impact for that little bit of time frame. Besides, you know, maybe a little bit with Kenny Omega and Christian, but yeah, like. I feel like that would have been, especially with AJ Styles. Like, I, I still feel like there's times where I feel like he's been wasted in WWE, but man's making good money and he can drive comfortably with, you know, a bus and ha doesn't have to put his body on the line as much. You know, hope he's happy, but that would have been a huge moment. And, um, yes, it was AJ and the good brother. Yes, yeah, so David did confirm it. Cool. Um, Adam, for you, oh, sorry, we enrolled out in the mid 1970s. Bro, I watched in the early 80s U.S. Territory Day. <laughs> God, you're wow. No, we said nah. it before. Your 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 
you're educated in professional you're educated. wrestling. That's you're, you're experienced. educated. You're experienced yeah. and educated. You're not old. You're experienced, educated. You're experienced and, and educated. Young guys, a history lesson that's not being yelled at by Jim Cornette. That's terrible. Um, it's just like I said. It's just been a crazy. Uh, it's been a crazy like week just of just toxicity. So, like it's it, like last night's AEW Dynamite. It was just really just it was just refreshing to watch. Um, Adam, for you, um, what 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 match from that first show? If you can remember, what was that one match or that segment from that first show that had you hooked? Oh God, I you know what? I'll be totally honest. I think I missed that first dynamite show. I, okay. I I'll be totally honest. I, I think I missed it. Um, but I mean, obviously the, the one thing I remember and it sucked because it was during, you know, the COVID where there was no crowds and just the, just the imagine of the reaction of a crowd when Brody Lee debuted in AEW. I, I can only imagine what that debut would have felt like if there was people actually in the crowd that saw that happen. Um, because you know, I, I thought, I, I thought, I thought he was great as Luke Harper in WWE. I think he was, I, I mean, I, I could have done away with the bludgeon brothers name, but him and Eric Rowan together, they could have gone by another tag team name, but I mean, I loved Brody Lee. Um, and when he debuted as the exalted one in dark or uh, dark order, I, I can only imagine what a live crowd would have been, uh, reacting wise. Um, when he debuted on top of that, the same, same time, um, with, with the COVID is Miro debuting as the best man, uh, that <laughs> like that sends shockwaves to me. I was like, Holy crap. Is that, I was like, ah, oh, that's, that's Rusev, but it's Miro now. Okay. Gotcha. But I, I mean, just some of those, those earlier on signees during the COVID, like, like Connor said, if COVID didn't happen, you might not got of any of these people to sign with AEW. Um, and, and I tell you one person I was glad they signed during the coat was Ethan page. Uh, cause I enjoyed his, his tag team with, uh, Alexander and in, in impact when they were the North. Um, I thought they were a hell of a tag team in impact and the North, you know, and I, and honestly, when he came to AEW, I was like, dude, Ethan page is going to be a solid solo wrestler uh, he's going to be a solid singles competitor and it is a shocker that he has not won a single title yet in AEW. and um and i'm waiting for that day that that he actually wins a title he's got that tnt written all over they could win it he's he would also have that heel like joe had um with it i agree with you on that connor um the, like I said, the guy knows how to talk he's over with the fans you know he's a giant nerd and has you know the toy vlogs you know he's over with the fans and plays that really good fun heel that you can love oh well. and hopefully soon to, uh, we'll get him. So, you know ethan page wrestled the uh phenomenal well he wrestled uh he wrestled uh i don't know how do i put it the wee nominal one uh <laughs> the Wii nominal one. Yes. I was that math was like, great. Like AJ and the music started playing, and I was like, what the heck is really gonna then little miniature AJ comes out? We need to do a watch along of that. Right? We need, I, like, I mean, we need I, like a wacky matches I, too. I mean, I love the I love the independent like shows that they have like at like little like arena stuff, like like conventions they'll have like that wrestling stuff going on. Yeah. And there was one that I found on YouTube. It was Ethan Page 
Danhausen and one other person in a triple threat match. I can't remember oh. who the third person was, but it was it was such a good triple threat match. And, and, and like Ethan Page was basically dominating it. And then Dan Housen came back. And then I, like I said, I keep forgetting who that third guy was. If anybody knows who that, th- what match I'm talking about, what convention it was, we comment down below, but it was, I watched it on YouTube. It was like a 10 minute match, but then like everybody thought, Oh, Dan Housen's going to win. And then here's Ethan Page stealing the win. <laughs> and like, it, for some reason, I like those more like close intimate, like convention wrestling matches. Like, because you got those stars that are like, yeah, no, we'll do this. this and, and like, I think Egon, which is what Dan Housen calls him, I think those two together, I, I think the, that is such a great pairing. Yeah, it's very fun. I, w- I would love to see that played back again. Or another feud. Anything with Dan Housen's entertaining. Blue Demon. I haven't heard that name in a while. Ooh, uh, El Santo. El Santo. El Santo was also very famous for doing movies as well. El Santo was a was an, a wrestling actor. Really? Yeah, El Santo did a lot of like movies back in the day. Um, one of his most infamous or famous, whatever, was uh, uh, I think it was Samson versus the Vampire Women, and it was El Santo. And I was just like, wait, that's El Santo. <laughs> What's he doing fighting vampire women? Uh, you sound about the same as me. Uh, I, I got out of WWE in 2011. It was right when Brock Lesnar came back. And I got back into WWE when Brock Lesnar was still there, uh, which is weird. But uh, yeah, it was the same year as me. I got out of wrestling. Yeah. I think the I was cute, only, um, like I was only 11 years old, 10 or 11, and I was done with it. I never looked back. So young, Connor. So young. I never looked back either. Um, one thing that I have to admit with the Cubes comment, I'm sorry. Good. Uh, was that? Uh, oh, sorry. You were cutting out my end. I didn't see what you were talking. My apologies. Um, sorry. Continue. My apologies. No, I wasn't saying it. I wasn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I just liked his comment because he was mentioning that. So, and I totally forgot about this. Um, but having, um, but having Rio Nyla Rose for that, that first women's, you know, inaugural championship, you know, that is kind of a very underrated match. And a lot of people had a problem with, you know, with Rio um, you know, her being one of the champions just because of her size, but I think you know, she brought something that was different that we haven't seen. We didn't even see like anything like her really in WWE. Like, you know, we had Oscar, but you didn't have that. Um, so to have like to have two women like with Nyla Rose, especially, she's been she's been almost I think she has like the gatekeeper of that women's championship. I feel like she, everybody has to go through her before they become an official world champion. So I'm just waiting for Hader to go against her. But yeah, yeah it feels like she gets a shot at everyone. Everybody. Yeah. She gets a yeah. shot every time. It seems like. Yeah. It's funny. crazy how <laughs> like she has had another fun career since the start. Sorry, Adam, what'd you say? Oh no, no, I was, I was definitely agreeing with you. It's kind of like that. I mean, because you got the, it, because now it's kind of blown up is now, you know, New Japan or, you know, Japan wrestling is now getting the, the females more involved down their, their, their area. And now you're, you were seeing that in AEW. Uh, you weren't seeing many new Japan uh, female wrestlers in WWE, no. you know, maybe, maybe mostly Asuka. And I mean, but I couldn't remember a lot of other, but AEW brought in a lot 
from 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 Japan pro, uh, from a pro a female pro wrestler from New Japan. You know, you had you had Rio, you had Shida. I mean, you had you had all these females that people got introduced to it. And I think that was the nice, the coolest thing in the earlier days. And, and even now, uh, the, the whole Tony Khan, not only being that booker, but also being that still that fan of wrestling all over the place and him understanding, Hey, this is new Japan. Like this, the, these females are awesome. They have awesome matches over there. Let's introduce that to American audiences. And I think that's why I think that match was so good. Because uh, you had this little New Japan pro wrestler against this giant female who just beats the hell out of people. So I think that's why it was such an underrated match. I think yeah, uh, it was. I think it worked for a little bit, and then once Britt Baker won the title, it went to a whole new level. The women's division, and th- this is yeah. to the. Uh, do you know who originally was going to be in the women's title match? The first Dynamite. Uh, mm-hmm. If 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 they wouldn't have left, it was going to be uh, Britt Baker versus Kylie Ray for the AEW. Women's yeah, Kylie Ray would have been. Oh, yeah, one. Kylie Ray. Man, she was supposed She's to. She's only retired too. like four times. Yeah, it's it's sad that she's she, she keeps retiring and stuff. Uh, <laughs> she would have been AEW well, champion by now. Like, imagine how far the women's division would have already been. If, well, uh, she had that almost like that appeal that Bailey had when she was face. You know, she, you know, she. I think she could have connected to the audience and had that that same yeah. glow and that same baby face personality that would draw kids in. But unfortunately, having, you know, unfortunately with, you know, her mental health, which I I, I applaud her for for taking a break. But she's kind of done it with every major company from Impact to AEW. Um, so with her, she I don't know if she officially signed with WWE. Or what's going on there? But she was on um, Superstars or main event or whatever they want to call it. Um, I think it was it was it was main event, but she was going by a different name, and she wrestled Dana Brooke because I actually watched that match online. And so I, I mean I don't know if she's going to fully go 100 percent with WWE like you said, especially with her mental health. I will say I hope uh, she makes her decision there because WWE is not. Like Impact and AEW was nice enough to give her release, but WWE is not the type of promotion that would give you your release uh, soon like they do. Uh, WWE will make you uh, write out your contract like they're doing with Mustafa Ali. He doesn't want to be there. He's said that many a times, and that they won't release him. Uh, and I would hate for her to go there and be miserable, stuck there, and can't leave. That would be... Well, uh, I guess it's sad. <laughs> Was the Lucha Stalker with undersized, but with the Heart of Champion that connected for instantly? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Agreed. That she does that. Yeah, Yakazaki, I forgot about her. Uh, Shida is yeah. amazing. Yamashita, holy cow! And then, and Ms., uh, you know, you're wrestling for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, I know some. I was, uh, this is also legit, but I was at a, <laughs> was at a indie wrestling show. Uh, and my friend that, uh, well, he's dead now. His name was Kevin Conley. He died uh, around the pandemic. Uh, we, were, uh, we were talking and uh, talking about wrestling and stuff, and I started naming off wrestlers that I shouldn't even know. He said, well, like this one other guy was listening to our conversation. He said, uh, he said, like, he told you those guys, didn't you? And he said, no, I, I know these guys, like Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, Don Morocco, Bruno, uh, Buddy Rogers. Alan Koloff, and 
like I was like 16, 17 and me knowing all these people. See, that's what I, mean, I wish I would have done. I mean, that's I mean, that's not uncommon for someone who, you know, with pro wrestling. I mean, it, it, it's that honoring of the, the old school guys that that kind of came before everybody, you know, the. You know, like you said, the, the the Buddy Rogers, the Bruno San Martinos, the you know the Luceses, and all of them, like they're the ones who basically paved the way. You know, and you know, these guys were were putting on storylines before storylines were even storylines. You know, it's like, I mean, you look at the storylines today compared to what they had there. Like, yeah, it was it was common. Like it was just you had a good guy, you had a bad guy. They're fighting. Yeah. That's it. You know, that, that was it. That was the storylines back then. You know, now you got like intertwined with other storylines and then, you know, you got the cheap crap that WWE does with, Oh, let's have these two superstars fall in love. What the hell is this? not a, like a soap opera. Like it's love like, just, yeah. Like it's just like, just have them go in the ring and wrestle. Yeah. And that's what I love about AEW um, that, and you saw it in last night's show. You barely had any talking segments. You had a lot of in-ring action. And I think that's why last night's show was so good. It felt like a dynamite of old when you know there wasn't a lot of talking. There's a few there's a few good segments, but most of it was you know sold in the ring. You had a good promo from MJF that of course is gonna bring in viewers, especially when he when he attacked Freddie from Scooby Doo and Dr. Chow. Like I hate Dr. Chow. I hate Kim. I think he is I think I respect him as a guy, but as an actor, I cannot stand him at all. I, I think he, he's too over the top. That's coming from a wrestling fan. And I was so glad he got destroyed by MJF last night. I, I watched that back, that whole segment back like three times today, and I still laugh. I'm still enjoying it. Well, you feel, I feel like every every movie Ken Jong is in, he, he plays the same character. Like yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. It's like, can we change the character up a little bit, please? <laughs> like, that's just what I felt. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Fit lace, especially like, I, I don't, I, I didn't like, that's why I never watched the mass singers. I, he's pushed me away from the mass singer. Mm. It was just that bad. He's like him and um, Pat McAfee. Like for some reason, those two people, I cannot, I get a lot of people like their enthusiasm, but, and I'm an enthusiastic person, but, I at least know when to tone it down a little bit. And those two, I just, I just, they're too annoying to me. And I hope we can do a whole Pat podcast on why I hate Pat McAfee as a commentator. Respect him as a guy. Because <laughs> I was trying to watch, you know, the, I was trying to watch, you know, the uh, the Frogs and Alabama game. And I had to turn it off. Me and my mom, me and my mom were trying to watch it. And Pat McAfee, like, was just a complete head to Tim Tebow and just being a complete D head the whole time. He literally sounded like he had Vince McMahon's head like right up his ass. Like that's how bad it was still. Like it still sounded like Vince was in his ear. And I just was like, oh gosh, like I know we're gonna off topic say, here, but yeah. <laughs> I will say one thing that I thoroughly enjoyed about Pat McAvee on SmackDown though was his dancing to Shinsuke Nakamura's music. That that was the only highlight I enjoyed okay. from Pat McAfee. Everything else, he just blew everything out of proportion. But anytime Shinsuke came out and you just see Pat on the desk rocking out, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny. But that that was the only highlight. Yeah, like I said, it's, it, it was, it, yeah, I just, it, uh, I, I give you that, that was a lot of fun. But I just, I, 
I because it was on busted open like constantly with that. Oh my god! And I'm like, <laughs> guys, busted open. Mark Henry, stop! Don't encourage this. Like this is <laughs> bad. Like I, I love busted open, and you know me and I will talk busted open all day if we got we. Oh, we absolutely, yeah. But <laughs> but I was like that episode, like because I I listen to the podcast version right now, and I was like, just stop, please, just stop. Like it's it's not funny. I don't get it. <laughs> like like that's like where like why stop like I said that's why we're here in AEW because I don't see Jim Ross being that dumb and crazy and Excalibur, you know, and poor Excalibur, because the only thing I don't like about I feel bad for him. I don't I don't hate it about him, but having to spit off the whole rampage card and AEW dynamite card like that. <laughs> oh man. Um uh, Ellis Presley's daughter just passed away. Really? I read that. I read that today. Oh, that no. yeah, that she she was rushed to the hospital um, in cardi with a cardiac. Oh, yeah. Sorry, to, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, sorry to hear that. Good chance. Watch the destroy match in Japan on YouTube and uh, Mascaras made. Mascaras made its entrance. Japanese fans picked him up and really, they picked him up and carried him to the ring. Well, <laughs> Wow, these fans are passionate. All the U.S. respect the history of pro wrestling. I feel like that's the hard Georgia, Mid South, World Class, Houston, South, Mid Atlantic, and AWA every weekend. Those were the golden days. AWA, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish we could go back and live those junkyard dog. Nope, I love the junkyard dog. (laughs) I'd say if they're on YouTube, uh, Connor, and I know, I know this is a big request, but. When we do watch alongs, possibly on like a Monday, do you think maybe one of these Mondays we could do a watch along of old school territory matches? Like, Ooh, I think that, that would be, like I mean, it, it, really it also, are. it would also introduce like people that are fan, like AEW fans to old school territories. That'd be really, really Did cool. Did you guys, uh, um, I remember when I got COVID when I was under quarantine for it, um, my buddy Laramie, he's one of my good friends. We we would talk wrestling all the time because we worked together. Wait, Larry? But he's his name is Laramie. He's a he's a friend of mine. Oh, we used to work together, and um, we were talking. We he sends me this match, and this one would be a fun one to watch along. But to see Kerry Von Erich versus Ric Flair in a steel cage, that was one of my favorite. <laughs> I, I think it was for it was I think it was for AWA. I can't remember. It was one of the. And I'm a little short. I can't remember which one it was, but to see the fans' reaction during that match, have all the girls go crazy over, you know, Carrie Von Eric, like that—that that was a whole other level of wrestling, like fandom right there. You know, you didn't have the dirt sheets. Everybody was just enjoying wrestling, and I, I miss that. I, I want that reaction. That's and just to and watch that. There was no toxicity with the fans. You know, of course they're in cheer for Von Eric, but. But just Flair played off, and of course he oversold everything in that match. But it was a great cage match, you know. I know it wasn't high flying like today's wrestling is, but that was like one of my first like classic matches that wasn't you know a WWF match, you know. So I would love. I think that'd be a cool idea, Adam. I think we need to do a watch along on here um, on one of the, on our watch along days because I think that'd be fun. Because we, I think we could each like add to the playlist. Maybe add like a two matches a piece and just do it and go. Absolutely, I think I think it just 
you, you choose which territory you want to see matches from and you just add them to the playlist and, and yeah. just go from there. And we just watch them, you know, like I, I would love to find the, uh, you know, some of the, and even territories that, you know, Cougar talk about, like, like maybe we could find that mascaras and destroyer mm-hmm. match and put it on there, you know, and, and we can watch it, you know? Um, yeah. So Carrie Von Air was mauled by the females (laughs) all the way to the ring. Carrie could have been. Oh, they loved him. I mean, I, I loved that episode of dark side of the ring when they talked about the Van Eriks. Like I like that, that just kind of that, that actually tore me up a little bit. I'm just like, you lose so many family members because of that, from that. And you're just like, good Lord. Yeah. It just like, but all the reactions, every single one of those Van Eriks, I, I mean, especially in Texas, anytime they went to Texas, I mean, that was where, where they were built from, you know, the Texas crowd loved them. Got, and going back, look at the Freebirds, look, you know, the Freebirds and one Eric feud that they had, like, when, like, that's, what's something that I, I wish I'm, I'm doing more research and doing more like, and actually going back and watching some of these matches. Cause like to see like the reaction and see how much the passion of the fans were during like especially with when Eric anytime the, the Von Erics and the Freebirds were in the ring together. Oh my gosh. Like I wish I could have been there to see that. But of course, you know, I'm only 25, almost 26. So I didn't have a chance to you know, live through some of the glory days like that. But man, like just to go back and watch some of those matches and moments, even going back and watching like the studio version of WCW. And watching some of the old NWA matches, I'm like, wow, like, there is so much that um, I feel like we need to bring some of these, you know, some of these storytelling ideas back, or some of these ideas with characters. You know, look at, you know, look what everything happened, you know, with, you know, Cactus Jack, and you know, and like what was my favorite, like, fun moments in um, WCW was, you know, Cactus Jack, and having him go up against Brian Pillman. The story was like, you know, it was in the middle of him, you know, with Pillman and Austin splitting. Man, just there's so many great wrestling matches we can watch. And we can literally do a decade, you know, <laughs> a decade, a, you know, a decade a month and still go through so many different matches. Oh, man. So, well, we got, the, we got, a, we had a really good uh, podcast with um, talking about, you know, what made us elite. Um, thank you guys, everybody for listening to the comments and thank you guys so much for sharing your stories. Um, now, Wait, no, uh, before since, we get, since this is, that, is your show, uh, I'm going to let you answer this. Um, <laughs> love, uh, uh, love, love Chris. Um, um, he's really a lot of fun with the uh, watch-alongs. Um, right now, we are just doing um, us three for the Talking Elite. Um, it's just kind of like our show, nothing against Chris. So um, one of these days, we would like to have him on here. Um, maybe here in the next couple of weeks, we will. Maybe we, but as of right now, um, he'll he's more with he's more with the watch-along crowd. So um, sorry, David, uh, but he will. Like I said, but this is kind of like our like our trio show. So, um, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm sorry. I, I, I really don't know the full details on that, but, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not the best answer. 
No, but we, but even with the watch alongs, we, we enjoy doing the watch alongs with Chris and everything. So, yeah. Um, I mean, he's gets really into it. So, I mean, yeah. So, but like Lane said, like this, this thing right now, I, with us three, we, I mean, it's just really easier for all of us to do it right now at this time. Um, and you know, that, like Lane, we just, we just don't know, you know, the story and pretty much how to explain it further. Yeah. So, yeah, but, um, but like I said, we'll try to have Chris on in the next little bit to do watch alongs. Um, I am not, um, let's get into the controversial segment. Um, cause we, I think we have to talk about this just cause it's been everywhere the last few days. Um, and I want to hear your guys' take on this. So, if you guys have been living under a rock, um, you guys know that Vince McMahon <laughs> came back because, you know, money and being the main shareholder, um, having him come back and now be the chairman again uh, in AEW, Stephanie McMahon stepping down. Nick Khan is now the CEO of uh, WWE. And rumors that they are being sold, which I think they I think they've confirmed they're being sold, but they're going through different um basically they're going through different um options. So the one that we're gonna let's get this let's get the monkey out you know out of the way first. Um Tony Khan and Cher oh, Khan and an ominous <laughs> backer has apparently and this also has shrunk from Tony's comment. He's keeping a close eye on the selling of WWE. Um, this is the most, the mo- I think the most unlikeliest one to happen. But um, how would you guys feel? I know Connor's opinions to this, and I cannot wait for him to discuss this. Um, how would you guys feel? <laughs> how would you guys feel um, if uh, Tony Khan <laughs> bought WWE? And had a monopoly with wrestling for the most part. <laughs> well, uh, listen, uh, it is a weird time to be a wrestling fan right now, just because with that story coming along. And listen, I I don't know how I feel about Vince coming back, especially surrounding the whole allegations against him and all that stuff. And you know, even though he is the shareholder. You know, it's it's also that 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 tug of war with with power, because um, I know for a fact Vince doesn't want anyone telling him what to do. Vince wants to tell other people what to do. Um, I mean, that's just how Vince has been. I mean, if you uh, like Lane, you and I can talk about it again, like for hours. You know, they explain it on Busted Open about you know, and those guys that have been on that sh- that are on that show worked for Vince. You know, so they saw it firsthand. Um, But as far as selling the company, here's the issue. I I don't think it's something Tony and shot and Shad Khan would, would do um, simply because simply because Vince wouldn't allow it. Um, I I don't think uh, I'm asking new news on this. What? Um, I'm just saying that I I, family con family has, uh, this is by Dave Meltzer. Dave, I mean, uh, yeah, Dave Meltzer, the Khan family has interest in merging AEW and WWE. Khan's open to Vince McMahon having a role in the company. Okay, I don't. Dave Meltzer is one of those guys that you're like, oh, this guy <laughs> said he can juggle three balloons and he only juggles one. That 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 anything Dave Meltzer says, I don't believe worth crap. I, I think he's one of the worst wrestling journalists I've ever heard or read any of his pieces. 
uh, just because of it, because most of the time it's wrong. And so that's something that I can't even trust in. Um, but like I said, I, I think right now there's a lot of good options for WWE outside of not so because listen, Tony Khan already owns ring of honor and AEW. He's already got a loaded, loaded rosters on both. Uh, to on take that and then bring Vince McMahon over, all you're doing is is basically you're taking the wrestling world and basically telling every other independent program, which we enjoy. We all said impacts. We like impact wrestling. All those people are happy there. You know, you got uh, uh, what is it? MLW. You got all these in, uh, independent ones, and then it's basically saying, "Well, look, AEW and WWE are not one company." come wrestle for us. Well, now you got a huge roster on both things and you're going to have wrestlers lost in the shuffle. Oh, and and so I just, I, I just can't, I just can't see Tony Khan going in on it. I can see some of the other, like other, like network companies going in. Like they, they've been talking about Disney. They've been talking about uh, uh, Comcast. Uh, they've been talking about Viacom. I think like, these yeah. are some of the companies. Uh, the one thing I think is the worst, worst. I, I can go on this for hours because the, I've been following, <laughs> you know, back when it was WWF, you know, and I was just, I, the only thing I can say that will ruin the WWE is if they sell to the Saudis investment company, that that would be the worst decision they would make. Um, but solely based on talent, um, because there's a lot of talent that uh, what I've been reading saying they will walk if Saudis buy it because some of the talent have these religious beliefs. And then you also got the female wrestlers on the roster that, I mean, if we know anything political, which we shouldn't get into Saudis have an issue with women. <laughs> so it's like, it's just, it would be a, a nightmare, but I don't see Tony Khan and, and Shad Khan. Um, buying WWE um, uh, and just mainly because that's a lot of money to put into that company. Well, and it's like I said, it's crazy with, cause I thought it was a done deal with Saudi. I really like, there were a lot of reports coming out about that. It's like, I swear that was all I saw on, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all day yesterday on YouTube. That's all I saw. And I've only seen a couple of reports with the whole Tony Khan thing. That's why I said I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Connor had my favorite response for this. Um, Connor, what is your take on a Tony Khan and a Khan's by WWE? Well, now I just went to a higher the bar just reading that. Merging them both together, like AEW would be, the past three, four years would be pointless now. Just going to merge them together. It'd be a waste. Yeah, that all this time, these last three, four years, it would have been for nothing just to merge. Uh, hey, but w- if Vince is in charge, of course he's going to bury AEW. Like, he is a very yeah. sore loser. Look what he did in most of WCW. Yeah, he wants. Uh, I feel like if they did that, it would be one company again, one major company. And, but now it's two companies in together. Like, there's not going to be much choices for wrestlers anymore because merging him. That means I don't know how they do that, but no one would get used. And no Basically, AEW and Rampage would be like their own shows. Rampage would just be an afterthought on ROH Club, Peacock. Yep. And 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 here's a thought too: if if they merge, you know, and I don't know, even without the merging, I mean, looking at the product, if they're sold to certain people with with WWE, you're only going to see certain superstars. Uh, on certain shows 
uh, especially when they do over overseas stuff, you know, because yeah. a lot of superstars aren't going to travel. Um, but also with the merge, I mean, that's a lot of programming for the week with, with wrestling. That's that's not a lot of time for I mean, you look at like AEW, you got those wrestlers that at least get some breaks in there. You know, they're, they're not wrestling like on the road for 365 days. You know, whereas WWE, those guys are on the road constantly, you know, because they're doing Raw, they're doing NXT, they're doing SmackDown, they're doing house shows, they're doing pay-per-view. Those guys are constantly on the road. And so you merge those two together and you're going to get people that A, are going to leave because they're not going to be used, or B, you're going to get so much overworked that their careers are just going to be like, I'm tired. Like, I'm on the road too much. You know, that's I guess that's what's I guess a scary thought when um Connor brought it's, that up and it's not gonna end well. This is a yeah. huge if he does this, like it'd be one like this would be bigger than WCW would W W does this would be bigger than that. Like you're well kind of you merged him, but this is even bigger, I feel like. And this the man being involved with it with Tony Khan being Tony Khan be Vince's boss, that'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> but that, that's just it's not going to be well for anyone because uh, AEW like, was a second hit, was a second option for fans and wrestlers. If they didn't want to go to WWE, they always had that second option. Now yeah. they won't have that second option. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be WWE again. You said that one thing, that's it. That's all you have. Uh, and if Tony comes, I don't want to say it on here, but I don't know if you see my Twitter, you probably know. I would know. Yeah, it would just, it would just, it would just no ruin longer, you. I would no longer. These three, and, four and years. Think, these three, and the four con, years. Shot, Shot, and Tony. I mean, especially Shot Con. They, I mean, they already own. I mean, he Tony owns AEW Ring of Honor. Shot owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, a soccer team. Like they own a lot of stuff that they've already they put a lot of investment in, and they should just be happy. You know, like that's just another undertaking they would do if they merged WWE with them. That, I mean, that's just a lot. I mean, like it uh, just wouldn't work unless they brought like help in. Like, I well, was that's dumb. another thing is they were talking about bringing in a third person with with Shad and Tony. Yeah, Freddie. Why <laughs> uh, these three or four years been po- would be pointless? I got in the AEW because I wanted an alternative. You know, I wanted something different, something. I didn't have to worry about WWE anymore. I didn't want to watch that anymore. I'm never going to get those two shows combined. Uh, that is stupid. Uh, but I would it's probably never be a wrestling fan again. Uh, I hate to say it, but I saw my wrestling stuff. It would just be a tough time. Because I don't, I don't know what I do with my life. I think I what's hard I about, Yeah, I don't know what I my think, is. I, don't I know think if AEW buys WWE, I, I might turn away from pro wrestling again or i might just go to impact and watch impact more yeah that's my other option uh but if not that i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> i don't know what my interests will be anymore like wrestling is what i think about every day of the week it, even though sometimes i complain sometimes i still watch wrestling yeah. uh, i think what's which, hard about it is sorry i also hope tony listens to his hardcore fans um and really listen to what got them in the AEW, and because um, realistic, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I would do uh, if it wasn't for AEW. I don't know. You no, know, all my favorite what TV shows were ending. 
I don't know what interests I would have anymore. Like, what would I like? I think that's what the hard part is, is with Tony buying it, you know, a lot of us like AEW. Yes, it's 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 different. It has a more it has the pro wrestling aside, the sports entertainment side of it. And looking at it, if I know, of course, like we were talking about this in our group chat, where Tony majored in financial um, studies. Like he he's a very smart guy when it comes to analytics, when it comes to money and finances and sports in general. And I don't want this to happen because it's like. A wrestling figure collector just use that as an example i have like i said we have figures at least i do and a lot of other fans we have figures from both companies and yes you know what yes there's so many dream matches to have like seth rollins versus kenny omega you know you have you know having modern day jericho go against roman reigns like yes like that, those kind of sound fun but they're just fantasy booking and i and like i said with those coming to fruition it would take away that charm that, you know, really both companies have because then you'd have the, you know, like I said, it would just, to be honest with you, it would not work out well for both companies. Like one right. thing like I said, it, would, it just wouldn't. A lot of people are thinking about the dream nights, but the bigger picture of it, like there, there'd be no competition. There'd be nothing, uh, there'd, there'd be nothing that really, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I say it. No, I know. I counter. I can. I can kind of say what you're trying to say. That there'd be that no rivalry of promotions, and yeah. you, like the like. I mean, like we've been talking about earlier, and and who can can contest it? I mean, you look at the territories. You know, they were still battling, but at the same time, they 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 were still having the people from different territories showing up in other territories. You know, and you wouldn't get that if you merge both of them yeah. together. You wouldn't get the whole the, the the forbidden door, as you would call it, and you know those those dream matches will just be like, well, yeah, they could still happen if they don't merge. They would just have to do business with each other. They don't have to merge as one company. You know, if I, I'm telling you right now, if if Vince didn't come back, I can guarantee you at some point down the line that Stephanie and 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 Nick and and Triple H would have been like, yeah, let's do business with AEW. Like, let's do some cross-promotional stuff. I mean, you're looking at WWE. Yeah. WWE is already doing some stuff with New Japan. I mean, they let, they let um, you know, uh, Carly, uh, Carl go, uh, Anderson go over there, you know? Yeah. So it's like they're, they're cool with New Japan, you know? And I feel like at some point that they can do business with, 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 Nick, with uh, Tony and AEW. But merging them together, you kind of take away that kind of feel. Like I said, it, it felt like for a while, like it was a monopoly. And I feel like I said, if, if Tony Khan did buy WWE, and it, it, like I said, it would just destroy what they've built and the empire that Tony is, has made and the fans, like it would just, it would just go back to where it was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know. We're just taking back steps. Uh, yeah, if WWE by the side, I guess AEW gets some. But a lot of times we go to, yeah. And if this happened, Impact would be a lot of people's choice, uh, even for talent. Yeah, Impact. I mean, I really... can see Impact or NWA gaining a lot of talent if Saudi bought bought WWE. Because anything, with, with yeah. anything Vince involved, I don't think Moxley will be there. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I don't know. 
or maybe New Japan Pro Wrestling, A HTML, Triple A CMLL. Adam, yeah, is a hundred is correct. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're better off it. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep them se- like the offspring says. You got to keep them separated. I, I'm just, separate. I, I, I mean, you have to. I mean that it, it not only is it just you got. I mean, it's also style, like WWE sports entertainment and AEW trouts itself as a pro wrestling programming. I mean, you would you would be killing that that two different styles of 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 pro wrestling if you merge them. Uh, they said it would just yeah. I don't want to answer that right now. I don't want to. Yeah, we're like that's uh. Yeah, we don't want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, no. well, so we're not focused on that. Like, to be honest with you, I re- I think Saudi Arabia or Fox. I feel like those are the two that I think are, are more serious about it. Boy, it would have killed the move, David, with that last question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Could have bought everything. What if Tony? <laughs> he bought Chipotle, guys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he bought Twitter. <laughs> he's turning into he's turning into Elon Musk. Yep. Oh, that's a good question. Sammy Sammy off the bat. Sammy Sammy. All the women for Uh, sure, I would think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if they would leave, but you would see less and less women matches for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things that. I miss 2022. I miss 2022. (laughs) <laughs> this year sucks already, <laughs> but uh, but for AEW most part, program wise, it's been pretty good. Just yeah. the uh, if Dave Meltzer, I wish Dave Meltzer would retire. Uh, if Dave Meltzer needs to go right for ESPN, that's he, yeah, he's because he blocked ridiculous. He, he blocked me because I said that he a lot of the stuff he posts is false. And it was about the William Regal stuff, and he was even William Regal said he was it was false. And then he blocks me, which is fine, you know. You know, it's like this. He just gets reports, and they and they're not credible. Instead of fact checking them and making their sure credible sources, writes it up, puts it out. I used to like a lot. I used to like Dave Meltzer. I don't. I like what he had to take on matches, but and then he was the one saying this whole time that Mercedes is coming to AEW, and he like he even said it like Tuesday she's coming, she's coming, and then <laughs> fans got overhyped for that one. Blame the yeah. fans on that one. That wasn't AEW's fault. That was all the fans. And that's, uh, and I think that's kind of the other issue too. Um, kind of going back kind of to what um, the Coog was saying, um, we were talking about the different, uh, different things going on. Fans these days just don't, ha- they don't care about wrestling like they did back in the eighties and the seventies. Like, you know, we have us, of course us hardcore fans, but they overbooked themselves. They overbooked it to where it's like, if this happens, great. If it doesn't happen. Boo. Boo this man! It's like you know, it's just, it's just a very. Um, I think I think it's it's very toxic of us. Like we're not. It doesn't feel like they're passionate about the wrestling. They're just passionate about the backstage drama, the backstage politics. Just think about it. Adam Cole's story. He should his should be the biggest thing going on this week. But no, ever since Vince came back, the only thing we're talking about, thanks to freaking Vincent Kennedy McMahon again, is we're talking about the WWE and a sell. And you had Adam Cole come back. You have Jay White's contract that's coming up. And he's talking to, you know, promotions like AEW, WWE. 
you know, we should be talking about, oh, like, where is he going to show up? Is he going to show up? Is he going to renew? Like, we should be getting buzz, a very positive buzz about that. Or Adam, especially with Adam Cole. Like, Adam Cole coming back from two major concussions, you know, where he, like I said, I, last night what he said was, it's got to be true. Like, what he was speaking. It's very sad to see that we're more concerned on the dirt sheets and the toxicity, especially with, we've only been what two weeks into 2023 yep. and it's already yeah. already toxic again. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and it's yes. all been and Vince McMahon's made it he's, he, he's made it this like he's he's the cause the, of all this the most selfish <laughs> man in wrestling and I believe one of the shareholders in WWE is ready to sue Vince well because um, he threatened like did you see like his threat that he did like he threatened to pull the TV rights away from Fox and from USA and just burn the mother to the ground. <laughs> he, he'd do it too if he didn't get his way. No, that's and that's I'm like, dude, he, like, and he, he got bad advice for leaving. Dude, like, you seriously <laughs> should just retire, enjoy your car collection. You already have the amount of money that you're getting. And think about it. I I put out a good statement the other day about this, dude. Like, you have like WWE morale was up. Okay, people were coming back to the product. You saw the decline in AEW ratings. People were going back to WWE. Like you seriously, like could have had a chance to make more money, but now because of this, you want to be selfish, sell the company. And like I said, really the only two companies that probably could match it, actually three, would be Saudi, Disney, or Fox. It's just crazy. Well, I think I, I mean. You read his press release too, Vince McMahon's press release. It was all I, I, and me, me. He's saying, I don't think this company is sustainable and can make a sale unless I'm there. Like he, he didn't even give that, that confidence to his board and all the people he left behind in charge of it. Like he just said, no, I like the, I like the power. And that's been Vince, man. I mean, yeah, that's Vince McMahon, you know, I'm not going to take anything away from the man, like, because I mean, he built something like we, I, I mean, I'll agree. I mean, he took it from his dad and he made something, he made it a global phenomenon. You know, he, yeah. he, he is pretty much the grandfather of, you know, building a, phen- a phenomenal global pro wrestling sports entertainment company. But, you know, mm-hmm. later in his days, he, he fell off that track and, you know, he's, I mean, as he got older, he made dumb decisions, both personally and creatively. You know, it just it's like, dude, you're you're starting to lose your way. You know, like it is time for you to move on. It, let someone else take this company over. You know, He's let's not, see what it looks like. He wants to get the last laugh out of it. He has to I think so too. He doesn't <laughs> he trust his son in law. He doesn't trust his daughter. Oh like, no, yeah, like he, he literally he, 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 oh he, is Nick like literally that's it's not a McMahon. Man, well, here's the, the funny. Here's the funny thing is Stephanie was ready to actually step away for a while, you know, yeah. before that whole elegate ele, the elegate the allegations. I can't even speak allegations began, and then that happened. She had to step in as co CEO. Like, uh, so I, the, think- I mean, if you listen to if you listen to Busted Open, uh, I think uh, Justin Labar said it best the other day because uh, they do that segment that spar with Labar. Uh, he said they asked him if he was shocked by Stephanie stepping down. He goes, no, he goes, not not as much. He goes, because she was ready to step away for a while before Vince re- 
somewhat retired. He says, I think the day that will be shocked is when we're, we hear Triple H stepping away. That's when, that's when the shit's going to hit the fan. <laughs> No, if Vince never right. gets That'd his hand on creative again, you could you could kiss that whole product goodbye. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Like it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens for sure. So, yeah. Well, that's gonna do it for tonight's podcast. Um, like I said, it's uh, it was great to talk about what goes into all elite wrestling, and then also, of this. course, we wanted to talk about controversy. Sorry, Connor, good. This sounds really bad, but I'd rather talk about CM Punk drama than this. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, like I said, it's it's crazy. Like, because at least CM, like I said, at least CM Punk, there's a lot of positive opportunities this that can is, come out of this. This but is like this, World War Three. This is World War Three in wrestling. Yeah, it seriously is. <laughs> it, it's you know, like no, you are absolutely 100 correct. It's it's crazy. I have never seen anything like this. I agree. <laughs> yeah, Coog, I agree. Yeah, social, yeah. Especially yeah. wrestling fans on social media. Good lord, man. They are so toxic. Like, I hate yeah. reading wrestling message boards. Like, I'm just like, can you guys just stop? Like, like, what are we, high schoolers? Like, if you don't Stay like healthy. something, you don't like it. Like, that's it. Like, find something else. Don't Stay come healthy. on a board and be like, oh, this sucks. That's why this is better. It's like, no, you're not helping the situation. Yeah, no, it's you're absolutely correct on that, Adam. And <laughs> I'm glad that we have a, a a platform to you know give our opinion for sure. And I love like cause it's given us a lot of opportunities. But um, but yeah, like I said, it's a lot of it's now it's at least or the ones that are kind of into light are the ones that are negative. It feels like that's all you see on social media. That's all you see on Twitter, on Instagram, YouTube. Depending on what channel you subscribe to, it's just you know it's hard when you go. There was a show that I used to like. And then it just goes into complete toxicity about, I don't mind a, a modern criticism to AEW. That's fine. Because we criticize it, you know, but this is, this is, um, this is, uh, the, uh, what culture gang, you know, I was listening to their show today and I'm like, you guys, if this was happened two or three years ago, you guys would be talking how great, um, one of the segments from last night was. And, but no, like you completely bashed it instead of just taking what it was. Um, like it's just it's just one of those things that like I get you know we all have opinions and that's fine but it's also on how you present those opinions and if it's a a good criticism or a good you know option on what happened and a good opinion like I'll discord with anybody and we do this all the time in the show and unfortunately there's times it gets heated but at the end of the day, I'm at least gonna we're at least gonna listen to what you guys as a listener and what us as hosts have to say to each other. We're not, you know, like I said we're not gonna go on after this and say, oh, AEW was so bad last night because Monet didn't make her debut. Like, we're not gonna do that. Like last night's show was great. And unfortunately, like I said, it gets overshadowed because fans overbook things. They take people like Dave Meltzer, Jim Cornette, you know, they take instead of having somebody that has a good insight on both opinions and staying neutral in the matter, they go off and say, and they go off and believe everything that these guys, what they have to say is gold. The thing is you can get bad reports all the time. I feel, so, like, fans, says, I feel like fans fantasy booked what they thought was going to happen in real life. Like they, like their, their fantasy is what was going to happen. Like, hey, no. 
Fickle so fans. Fickle. <laughs> Fickle. Fickle. I mean, that, let, let, I'm just throwing it out to you guys, uh, to everybody watching. Stay off the dirt sheets. Yeah. Just, just have your own. Just have your own opinion. Don't go to dirt sheets. Don't listen to these false reports by Meltzer and by Cornette and you know these third-party journalists who think they know they don't. Uh, just watch the product yeah. and have your own opinion on it. I mean, that's that's basically what I did. You know, I I stay off the dirt sheets. I have to. You know, I I enjoyed WWE for a while, and then the product just soured out on me. And I went towards AEW because it has what I want. Not to say that I hate WWE. I will never say I hate WWE because, you know, they, I mean, people like it and that's, that's their flavor. I just prefer AEW over WWE. I mean, that's, it's just it. So it's stay off the, the boards and stop bashing each other. Stop bashing companies. Just do, just let them do what they do. And if you enjoy, you enjoy it. If you don't, you don't. I think I'm going to take right. your advice because uh, now NBC is reporting uh, Tony Khan and WWE and stuff. NBC and Fox is now. I don't know, man. <laughs> but I think, like I said, let's just watch how it goes and then let's not worry about it until the time comes. Because, like I said, yeah. let's still enjoy it. Let's, like I said, let's, let's enjoy the rest like so we'll touch bases more of course on our on our watch alongs and we'll probably if there's an update we'll probably talk about it next week on our show as well we're talking leap but like i said if we if when the time comes yeah we'll like i said we'll figure something out and you know but at the same time it's all right now it's all speculation nothing's been set in stone yeah. you know nick and vince right now are listening to different you know pitches like I said, this like like um, I'm gonna bring busted open back open because they're probably one of my most reliable sources. But um, what Tommy Dreamer was saying earlier was that this is gonna be a three to six month process. It's not gonna happen just overnight. Like we have that Saudi Arabia scare. So like I said, something like I said, we'll just have to wait and see see what happens. I don't think Vince is gonna sell to Tony Khan even with the money. I think it's too much of a pride thing. So I like I said, so what, we'll cross that bridge when the time comes. Um, and like I said, we'll keep, we'll keep you guys posted because you guys are in the same loop as we are when it comes to information. Um, and like I said, Connor will, will post things on our, on, on, and retweet things on socials. I'll, I'll post them if you follow us on Twitter. Um, we'll keep you guys posted as well, but I, it's just one of those things that until it happens, let's just stay afloat, stay positive and just keep watching all elite wrestling because I still believe in it. Damn it. I still it's believe. It's still real to me. It's still real. But it's <laughs> but on a on a serious note, like I'm just gonna like I I, I told Connor yesterday in the group chat and, and Adam, I yeah. am not focused right now on ratings, even though we did have a good jump in ratings last night. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, here's 100, the thing about that. And real quick, just I'm sorry, cut about real quick. AEW made the promise when they when they signed on to do Dynamite and all that. Their their promise was at least a steady five hundred thousand viewers at least a week, and they have yeah. constantly done that. And they they will never drop below that. Like I said, I until we, we hit that threshold, I think, yeah. they did, I think they did it one time, like because it was uh, Dynamite at like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, but, that's, that, that's, but, that, but that's something different. But they've that's they've a special and not happens all the time. 
they've, ex- they've exceeded expectations on, you know, for a smaller company. Well, not smaller, but I got, it's still a young company, just three, four years old. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so we're still young. Um, the Q actually brought up a very good, um, actually good um, comment. If you want to pull that up real quick, Connor. Um, so, yeah. So you put um, basically AW is like the freshman year in college right now. They want an easy A without having to burn the midnight oil and study hard to earn a grade and earn the degree. Yep. I see it every day. Like I said, we'll, like I said, it's one of those things that we're in a, like I said, we're still like pretty young as a company. And especially, like I said, you know, we don't have the, not yet anyways, we don't have the, you know, the, you know, from the eighties on, or even just like the probably you know, late seventies with Vince McMahon's company. We don't have that. Um, we don't have that. We don't have that growth and that, you know, and even then they've dropped off quite a bit since the, you know, the heyday, but, you know, we don't have, like I said, we don't have the years and years and years yet, you know. So hopefully, like I said, if we'll just, hopefully things, we'll keep the two products separate. And if AEW can keep performing to where, you know, they're making, you know, people happy at TBS and TNT and, and Warner Brothers or whoever owns, you know, TBS at the time of recording, you know, as long as they keep them happy and they keep putting on, you know, good product where we, because like I said, we have what? We had 960,000 viewers last night. The average, Connor actually had a good chart. I think he has it on his social. Oh, yeah. but um, Or if you could pull it up now. But we've constantly been at 80,000 for the last, since probably since, probably since um, everything happened at Brawl Out. And, you know, but they've still, they've still been able to make that pay-per-view a memorable pay-per-view. We're still talking yeah. about it to this day. <laughs> well, even then, like like I said, they didn't put on a bad pay per view last year. Yes, you had a little bit of a sourness to it, and you know, the, all, you know, all the drama that's kind of really it put a lot it put a lot of pressure on AEW. And I feel like now I feel like we're in a good spot, and I feel like we're we're, we're making up for what happened. But like I said, yeah. I'm excited for what's going to happen in the future, and if we can keep AEW and WWE separate, I don't want the cons buying it. If we can keep that separate and just, you know, have, you know, have, you know, your main sports entertainment and your pro wrestling, I think we'll be fine. And like I said, so, if you like both, great. So good. I believe I don't have uh, yesterday's ratings on here, but yeah, yeah, I'll do every episode of Dynamite and Rampage. I have. Um, so, let's see, pull it up real quick. And we'll get ready to sign off. I don't know which. I believe it was nine sixty. Yeah, I was not here sixty thousand last night. And yeah, it was pretty... nine sixty-seven, nine sixty. Well, that's still a boost from last week, so for sure. <laughs> yeah, by oh, at least a hundred thousand. It's a huge boost. Uh, come on, where's that? Well, you also got to think about it too. Why like Connor's getting that pulled up? You know, Adam with Adam Cole coming back. The holidays are over. Football season is kind of winding down. You have the NBA, you know, going on. But like I said, I think now that I think we'll start getting back. I think if we can say at least in the nine hundred thousands, I think I think that'll be okay. You know, but like I guess before my conversation, I pulled up. But I was just, I'm just, I was just getting so tired of everybody talking about. And this is, 
everybody talking about how AEW is in trouble and screwed because they dropped, you know, by 200,000 people since, you know, everything happened last year. But I'm not worried about the ratings. If As long as the show is putting a smile on my face, giving me great matches week in, week out, because the matches aren't suffering. You know, a couple storylines here and there and maybe over usage of certain, you know, JAS members. But other than that, I'm just enjoying the show. And I feel like that's kind of why I haven't been so, I guess, so down with watching AEW or so down on the product in general just because it's, it's still giving me a smile and it's still giving me a chance to forget about the world, sit down, talk with my friends, and watch wrestling. And, I, and that's why I love Talking Elite. Uh, it's for some reason it's fun. not let me pull it. It's not let me pull it up, but I have the chart right here. Uh, so, Good. I guess I go the last six weeks, or uh, I'll go after the last episode, like the very first episode, CM Punk and when they vacated Charles and all that. They had one point zero thirty eight million, zero point three three, and demo. The next week, nine eighty three thousand. Uh, 752,997. Uh, last, uh, yeah, 840, 950, 957, 976, and 864 was the last Wednesday, but last night they bumped up big time to a 967,000 rating, which was their best since episode 160 and run 171 now. And their demo bumped up to a 0.33. So they got their best number since, you know, a few months. So that's a big increase for AEW. Yeah, like, like I said, so I, like I said we're we're getting back up there, folks. And it, it, I think I, don't know, I feel like I feel like with the hopefully with the promise of Monet won't hurt it. I think everything happening with Vince, I think people are going to start coming back. It's going to yeah, and I'll have to start watching more Triple A Coog, and yeah. us too. I'm so happy we're going to do that. Exists. We're gonna do that with a, like uh like Adam said, like a old, old, old not not like old school like three the watch, old the watch the watch <laughs> party of old school wrestling. Like we're going old, 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 old school, not like Ultimate Warrior Randy Savage. <laughs> we're going old, old. Old, oh, like seventies. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, like let's do it. 80s, yeah. Let's do it, guys. All right. Well, that's gonna be it tonight for talking elite. I want to thank everybody at home for listening. Thank you, Coog, Mike, David, you guys are, and Ethan, you guys are, it's always great to have you guys commenting, always with a smile on my face. Also, thank you to Connor and thank you to Adam. Thank you guys so much for being here again this week. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk wrestling with you guys. So uh, thank you guys so much for commenting. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Get, get as many people as you can to our weekly streams, you know, talking elite, our dynamite rampage watch alongs. Um, Connor and Mr. Jacobs are doing a great WCW Monday night uh, special where they have gone back and have gone in order and watched a lot of the, you know, awesome WCW nitros. They have a lot of great opinions on the matches being on there. And they also did a really good one from this past Monday. Uh, so go back, watch that. Um, we have a card break up on there. Um, if you want to go yep. watch me and Connor rip open an AEW box, uh, we 
were, like I said, I'm a little new to the card game, but it was a lot of fun. So go look at that as well. Um, Connor and I have a draft special getting ready to come up here very shortly. So look out for that because it's going to be sparking our new show. So stick to our socials um, for updates on that. Uh, make sure you guys go on to Twitter and like us at All Elite Zone One. While you're there, also check out our um, our personal profiles. Uh, subscribe, message us. You know, let us know um, how you guys like the show, or if you guys just want to reach out and say hi, I will gladly appreciate and love you guys back and talk wrestling with you guys just as much as I do with my favorite knuckleheads in this group. Um, also, don't forget to, to subscribe to us on Spotify and you know. Podbeam, like I said, we are growing. Um, currently, we do have 302 subscribers on YouTube, and our audience is just growing and growing. Um, so, thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, Connor, Adam, do you guys have anything to close us off with? Uh, just uh, watch. Just, just keep watching. You know, just keep watching <laughs> AEW. It's going to yeah. be a good, good 2023. Um, and, and just enjoy the product. I mean, just. Just, just enjoy it, you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Adam said it right. That that sums it up. Yep. No said. All right. Before he closes off, uh, join us next week. Our topic will be pandemic wrestling. Uh, we're going to discuss some of our favorite moments and how they could have been different if it wasn't for the pandemic. On next week's episode. And with whatever craziness happens in the sport of professional wrestling, because right now it's like everybody's on coffee and Mountain Dew and crack all at once with all the news uh, that's been coming out. So, uh, you know, check out Talking Elite next week. Uh, we'll have a great conversation, of course. Uh, thank you guys again for watching, and we will see you guys next Thursday. Peace out, guys.